You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. This place, could we stand for the review of God's word? Amen. I'm reading from the King James Version. You follow along in your copy of the word of the Lord. Verse number five, right at verse number five. Hold on real quick. Give me my cup. I need my cup. Yeah, give me my cup real quick. Lord, I, I said, I'm, I'm slacking. I got a growth point cup. Lord, have mercy. Did y'all get a picture? I walked in. They said, don't take your water bottle. I said, why? Said, for optics, we got a cup for you. I said, this is mine to keep. Lord, look, I'm, I'm drinking out this cup. Yes, I'm taking it. I'm drinking every Monday with this cup. All right. Y'all, y'all don't know nothing about me. All right. Psalm 23. You know it. Verse number five. It's right there. For thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. One more time, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. I want to talk, teach, and tag this text this morning when God makes a mess. Y'all be seated in the presence of the Lord. Look at somebody and tell them, I like when God makes a mess. It is without denial, nor particularly is it up for debate, that Psalm 23 is the most celebrated scripture ever recorded. Even persons who do not identify themselves with the Christian faith nor attend church services regularly are familiar with this passage of scripture. It's quoted at funerals and or when trouble tends to break out in our lives. However, if we take another evaluation and inventory of this passage of scripture, in its celebration, it's also an indictment. Because when we look at Psalm 23, church, Psalm 23 is an open acknowledgement that I am in trouble when I take my life into my own hands. When we read this psalm, the only negative piece of the passage about this psalm is when we find David taking his life into his own hands. Let me help you. Verse number one says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Verse number three, he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. 
Verse number four is when everything goes awry. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death is when David got in trouble. Things were going all right as long as David submitted himself to the leadership of God. But the minute David took his own life into his own hands is when trouble broke out in his life. And I know y'all looking at me real spiritual. and Despite how spiritually deep you are right now, that's everybody's testimony up in here. All of us, as long as we're obeying and submitting to God's authority and his direction, all is well. But the moment you decide you're going to do something your way, you're going to find yourself in the valley of the shadow of death. But verse number five helps us to appreciate this afternoon that even though I find myself in the valley of the shadow of death, there is life on the other side of the valley. Lord, I thought I'd have somebody who'd get happy. Even after I took my life into my own hands and fell into a place called the valley of the shadow of death, I should have died. That should be somebody's testimony. But the reason I didn't die was because he was with me. His rod and his staff is what comforted me. And I finally figured out why he got me out that valley. He got me out of the valley because he already had a table prepared for me. Lord Jesus I know I'm not the only one here this afternoon who can testify that when you look back over your life, God didn't just bring you out because he felt like it. God brought you out because he has something else prepared for you in spite of what you found yourself in. And therefore, church, we must pique ourselves and our attention into this verse. In verse number five, we're just going to preach verse five and, and hang out here and discover its truth tucked away in this passage. Uh, let's look at it one more time. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Might I suggest to you this afternoon, church, that, 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 that when we read this passage, passage of scripture we cannot properly see it from its objects we have to see it from he who is the subject who is conducting all the actions in the text I'm gonna help you um, because when we see it from he who is the subject conducting all the actions it turns the light on in the passage which shares something of what it means for God to sustain your life in the present tense. So, 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 so here it is. Don't be so quick to run past what you see what's now in order to try to get to what's next. Here, here it is, church. Here it is. This text is tailored to teach us about the act, 
activity of God. Somebody shout activity of God. You got your Bible. You got your Bible. All right. Uh, in your Bible and mine, verse number five is very clear to tell us that he prepares a table. The King James Version says he prepareth a table, which is actually Old English. That is the verb which is in the present tense. It is his contemporary. It means he is preparing a table in the presence of my enemies. But that don't mean anything to you until you go back and read the entire psalm and discover that this entire psalm is located and written in the present tense. Preach, Holy Ghost. Let me help you. Verse number one. The Lord is my shepherd. And because he is, I shall not want. Verse number two. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Verse number three. He's restoring my soul. He is leading me in the path of righteousness. Verse number four, yea, though I walk, y'all still ain't got it, through the valley of the shadow of death, your rod is with me. Verse number five says, he is preparing a table. Y'all still missed it. I set all that up, so I'm going to try it one more again. You'll discover, church, you'll discover that the action of the Lord in this psalm is in the present tense and if it's in the present tense it means he's doing it right now y'all still sleep on me and if he's doing it right now it means he was doing the preparing while I was in the valley Lord y'all don't want to help me preach it here y'all don't know when to get happy the action of verse number four is in the present tense just the preparing in verse number five is in the present tense this speaks church theologically to the omnipresence of God that God is not just everywhere at the same time only but God is in everything at the same time preach Holy Ghost while the Lord's rod and staff was in the valley he was still preparing a table at the same time y'all still ain't got it he had one hand on David in the valley and another hand where he was working on the table in the, in the church which is why David didn't die in the valley because God had to sustain him in the valley while he was working on his table I'm trying to encourage somebody right now that whatever hell you are going through right now, you cannot die because God is working on your table even though you are in death's valley. Is there anybody in here who will testify? I know it's early, but don't mind testifying. I know I'm going through hell right now, but God ain't going to let me die because he's working on something else for me here's all I'm trying to tell you here's all I'm trying to tell you church God doesn't work sequentially um, God works simultaneously 
Lord have mercy. I said God don't work sequentially. Uh-uh. God works simultaneous. Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all need proof. Okay, um, um, Genesis chapter number th- 22. Um, he tells Abraham, he says, hey, bud, um, go on and take your son up on Mount Moriah. And I don't want you to just take him up there to have worship. I want you to sacrifice him. And by the time he gets up there, verse number 13 of chapter number 22 says that there is a ram caught in the thicket. Y'all still ain't happy. Romans 5 and 8 puts it this way. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Okay, let me see if I can make it make sense. Uh, um, a couple weeks ago, I'm not bougie. Um, a couple weeks ago, I got hungry. I got hungry. I was on my way home. Um, and, 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 and I said, I'm just going to pull up to a fast food joint. So I stopped uh, over by Jimmy John's, by the house. Um, and, and Jimmy John's, I just wanted me a quick sandwich. And Jimmy John's, um, they, they, on, on the sign, it, was, uh, it read, uh, if the speaker's down, got to come to the window. So I went to the window to place my order. And when I placed my order, I got, she said, your order going to be ready at the next window. When I got to the next window, she stuck her hand out the window and handed me my sandwich. I asked her one question. I said, hey, um, I'm just going to be a little nosy. I got to find out. How did you get my order done that fast? She got the nerve to tell me that while you was placing your order at the first window, there was a cook that was making it in the second window. And by the time you pulled up, we already had it together. Y'all still ain't got it. Why are you praying about it here? God is working it out there. Because God ain't got to worry about working sequentially. God works simultaneously at the same time. Let me tell you how the old church put it. Why are you trying to figure it out? The Lord has already worked it out. Do I have any believers in here today who will testify and thank God that while I was praying at one location, God was working in another? Y'all be seated. Um, 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 look at somebody and tell them God is working on it right now. God, 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 God is working on it. God, God, God said, I'm going I'm to I'm 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 fix it while you're praying about it. So, 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 so here it is. Um, 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 theologically, this speaks to the omnipresence of God. That God is not just everywhere at the same time, but he's in everything at the same time. And, and he doesn't have to wait to go anywhere. Watch this, because he's already there. Oh, Lord. Uh, uh, you ain't got to send God nowhere. Uh, uh, because God is already there where you want to send him. As a matter of fact, if he leaves from where he's at, he's going to bump into himself. Y'all still ain't got it. Because if you tried to send God anywhere, he's where you want him to go and he's still where he left. Because God is everywhere at the same time at all times. Um, 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 um. But this psalm doesn't just speak to the activity of God. It also teaches us about the arrangement of God. Uh, y'all got to help entertain my ignorance just for a little bit. Uh, because this is strange to me. David gets to the table and God invites David to dinner. But he didn't tell David until he got to the dinner 
that his surprise guest was his enemies. Oh, Lord. This is a strange situation here. Because what, 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 what? What, what, what you, what, I, I ain't that saved. I'm sorry, Grove. I'm not that saved. That I'm going to eat with folk who can't stand me. Y'all fake today. I ain't that saved. Well, I'm going to have dinner with people I know who are trying to sabotage me. This is a strange situation. Because what, what, what you are going to, what, what are you going to do? When you get to the table and discover that you're about to have dinner with the people who hate you. The one who lied on you. The one who hurt you. The sister that tried to break up your marriage. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Uh, 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 the one who is spitting venom on your reputation. The one you know who is plotting against you on the job. And God invites you to have dinner with him only to discover that he's also extended an invitation to your enemies. <laughs> so let me go on to testify and to be honest. Um, if I'm going to have dinner with my enemies, can I be real? I ain't eating. Y'all can be fake if you want to. Um, if God done set up a dinner reservation for me and my enemies are showing up, I ain't eating that dinner. Cause, 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 cause you put me at the table with somebody who can't stand me. Uh, uh, I ain't touching that food. Cause I don't know what's in it. Y'all ain't hearing me. Uh, in other words, to have dinner with your enemies is not to have an unenjoyable experience. Cause when I'm at the table with my enemies, I'm not going to eat. Because I can't take my eyes off them. Y'all ain't hearing me today. Because I ain't sure if at any given moment if I'm going to have to defend myself because I'm sitting here with my enemies. So guess what? I ain't eating. I'm watching. I got my eye all up in your grill. Y'all ain't helping me here. But, but, but then the Holy Spirit hit me. And said, uh, 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 that's why I invited you to dinner with your enemies. Uh, because real peace is not in the absence of your enemies. Real peace is being able to look your enemy in the face. And tell that enemy, I ain't scared of you. Y'all ain't helping me preach it. I've got peace in your presence and I will stare you right dead in the face and have a good time. I need somebody to make this declaration right now and shout this week, I'm going to live in real peace. I'm not going to leave the church. I'm not going to leave the choir. I'm not leaving my house or job, but I'm going to sit by the fool who is dogging me and I'm going to shake their hand and I'm going to give them a hug and I'm going to tell you I love you in Jesus name because real peace is not in the absence of your enemy but it's sitting right in the presence of your enemy when you get up to work tomorrow 
Don't you stay at your desk. Uh-uh. Go right by them. Take your coffee and your growth point cup. Uh-huh. Shake their hand. Go on. Because I found out the real way to mess up the devil is before you let him make you mad, you make the devil mad. Because the devil don't understand how to handle the love of God. So when you give him the love of God, you shut the enemy down. And maybe that's the real point. That when I walk in real peace, I'm not trying to find distance from my enemies. No, I'm trying to be at peace with my enemies. I'm almost done. Um, 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 um. The text says he prepares a table. That word prepares means he arranged it. He arranged. The Lord arranged a table in the presence of my enemies. Church, I want to move, but, 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 but before I get to my next point, um, there's a tricky word in verse number five um, that, that, that really threw me off because the text says he prepared a table before me. Um, um, it's a tricky word because the word before could have a temporal application or it could have a spatial application. It could apply to time or it could apply to space. Um, um, if it applies to time, it means he prepared the table before I arrived to the table. But, 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 but if it's a spatial application, it means he prepared this table right in my face. When, when I did my homework in the Hebrew etymology of the word, it translates as a spatial application. In other words, while I was sitting there, Lord have mercy, God invited my enemies to watch him bless me. Lord, y'all don't know when to get happy. While you are so busy trying to hide your blessing from your, God said, don't hide it. I'm trying to expose it so I can send a message to every hater and every enemy that no weapon formed against them shall be able to prosper. God is trying to expose what he's blessed you with to let every devil know that what the devil meant for evil God has turned it around for do I have anybody who would testify God has blessed me in spite of my enemies find your two people and tell them God gonna bless me in your face no 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 tell them real sadity right here tell them God gonna bless me in your face no y'all ain't talking to i said find you somebody and get real bougie and sadity and say watch how god blesses me this week in your face you thought what you did was gonna shut me down god's gonna raise me up and anoint me in your face it's 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 an arrangement it's an arrangement it's an arrangement um, 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 it's an arrangement um, um, before me in the presence of my enemy. That's the, that's the Lord's arrangement. Uh, um, but the text also teaches us not just about the arrangement of God, not just about the activity of God, but it also teaches us, Lord have mercy, about the anointing of God. I, I promise I'm almost done. Um, um, look at verse number five. David said that when we got to the table, watch this, something strange happened. Um, um, he anointed my head with oil. Uh, can I teach it before I preach it? Um, 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 church, it, it was a, a, a Hebrew custom. It was a Hebrew custom that when you showed up to somebody's house in the biblical days of antiquity, 
that the host would anoint the head of the guest as a sign of receiving the guest for peaceful hospitality. I'll try it one more time. It's a, it's a Hebraic custom that when you arrive at somebody's house, the host would anoint your head with oil as a sign that we're getting ready to enter into fellowship into the house. So now we got to be boys, we cool and ain't no problems. Y'all still ain't got it. So since that's the case, here's my question. Um, why didn't God anoint the enemies too? Uh, the text says he anointed my head with oil. Y'all don't want to talk to me. Huh? Um, um, the text says he anoints my head with oil. It don't say nothing about the enemy's head. Um, if God is doing the inviting of both David and the enemies, he should have anointed both parties. But he didn't. He only anointed David. Uh, here's what it teaches us, church. Just because you've been invited don't mean you've been anointed. Y'all don't want to hear me today. Just because you've been invited to the table don't mean you've been anointed for the table. Y'all still ain't got it in here. Just because they call your name don't mean that God is on you. Just because you walking around with a collar around your neck and a cross dangling from your neck don't mean that God has anointed you. Just because you show up to church don't mean you've been anointed. Just because you can sing and you can dance does not mean you've been anointed. But when the anointing of God is on your life, favor follows you and your enemies know it. I dare you to look at somebody and tell them I know I am anointed because at the sound of my name hell backs up I know I'm anointed because at the presence of my face hell begins to bow anybody anointed in here okay um 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 um, um. Here, here, here it is when, when, when God's anoint you <laughs> uh Favor follows you. But watch this. Um, the, your enemies may not like your anointing, but they can't deny your anointing. Your enemies may not like the fact that you anointed, but they can't deny that you anointed. Preach Holy Ghost. They may not like the fact that you know how to chase a demon, but they can't stop the fact you can chase a demon. Is there anybody in this church who don't mind lifting up their hands and shouting, God, don't give me a title. Don't give me a parking space. Don't give me more money, but give me the anointing. I want the anointing. There's no Choice the yo. All right. Um, 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 um. Anointed people know how to walk in the room and demons back up. Anointed people know how to walk around certain situations and the whole atmosphere changes. Anointed people know how to walk up to 
to devilish conversations and shut it down. Y'all ain't talking to me. Uh, anointed people know that when your voice is heard, demons run out the room because God's anointing is on you. It gives you power to shift the atmosphere. Lord have mercy. Uh, uh, I better not do this, um, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, do me one favor. Lay your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. Do me one favor. Lay your hand on your neighbor's shoulder and tell the neighbor, uh, 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 tell them you sat by the right person today because I'm so anointed that when I cover you in prayer, every demon, every struggle, and every attack is subject to my anointing. No, they didn't believe you because they didn't start shaking and getting happy. I said, lay your hand on your neighbor right now and say, neighbor, did you hear what I just said? Ah, you sat by the right person today because every time I call on the name of Jesus, something happens when I call on the name. And tell them, say, neighbor, expect this week to walk in the favor. Expect this week to walk into more anointing. Expect this week for every demon to leave your house. Oh. Oh. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, glory, I feel it. I feel God in here. I better not do it. I'm going to leave that alone. Hallelujah. Look at somebody. Send it up your row and tell them I am anointed. Ooh, shit. Tell, them I, tell them I am anointed don't you judge me by what I ain't got the devil's a lie don't you judge me by what I drive the devil's a lie don't you judge me by where I live the devil's a lie if you see my prayer closet you will know that I'm anointed if you hear the testimony of how I laid hands on the sick and they recovered you will know I am anointed we gotta go we gotta go we got to go. We got to go. Have you noticed, Lord have mercy, the people who used to be comfortable with you are now uncomfortable now that you're walking in anointing? Uh, uh, have you noticed that people who used to run with you very recklessly in the streets are no longer comfortable with you now that you're walking in anointing? Uh, it's not that they can't stand you. It's that the enemy discerns the anointing on your life. Because if there's anybody who can discern God in the room, it's somebody who got the devil in them. Lord have mercy. That's why you've got a unique anointing that even your enemies can see it. But here's the flip side of this coin. Here's the flip side. Here's the flip side. Um, here's the flip side of the situation. Uh, David because of his situation, what happened in verse number four, really shouldn't have gotten anointed because David is as violated to God as the enemies are. Uh, David, according to this text, is the same guy who walked out of the green pasture and took his own path into Death Valley. Uh, so, 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 so God had to come get David out of his own rebellion. So David is just as in violation to God as his enemies are. But David, you are not anointed because you all that. You are not anointed because you kept the vows of holiness 
and walked up right before God. Y'all don't want to help me today. You are not anointed because God has anointed you for this season and this purpose. But you are anointed because God chose to anoint you. Um, can I be honest? This point ain't for everybody in here. Only for the real anointed people. Anointed people are not flawless. They just favored. Y'all, y'all, y'all missed all of that. I said anointed people are not flawless. They just favored. I'm going to say it one more time. I said anointed people are not flawless. We just favored. Anointed people know that they've made some mistakes that should have cost them their anointing. Anointed people understand that when they go home and look themselves in the mirror, I ain't no better than nobody else. But God chose to anoint me by his own power and by his own favor. Is there anybody other than me who thinks God that when I go home, I know I'm jacked up from the flow up? Is there anybody who knows I fell and made some mistakes and I've fallen? But thanks be unto God that his anointing is still on my life. I'm landing right where I want to be. Sanford, we ready to ride, man. I'm ready. I'm right where I want to be. Um, right at verse number five. I'm still right at verse number five. Right at verse number. The text teaches us about the activity of God, the arrangement of God, the anointing of God. And I'm done. But finally, it teaches us about the abundance of God. Um, here it is. He anoints my hand with oil. My cup runs over. <laughs> uh, church, the scene and setting of verse number five is a dinner setting where David and his enemies have been invited by God to the same table. By the time we get to the seed clause of verse number five, God's not only the host, he's also the waiter. The text says he pours into the cup and the cup runs over. Now, growth, I'm not that smart. I really ain't. But I don't know one cup to blame for a runover. Y'all missed it. Um, don't know cup run over. The language of the text is blaming the cup for the runover. When the actual runover is an effect and not a cause. Preach Holy Ghost. The cup can't be blamed for the runover because the cup has limited capacity for the content. So a cup can't run over. Y'all still missing it. Whoever is doing the pouring in the cup don't know when to stop and therefore overpour the cup making a mess. Lord have mercy. The cup running over means God is making a mess but the mess he's making is to his satisfaction and not your capacity. 
preach Holy Ghost in here because the God that I serve never blesses you according to your capacity. The God that I serve never blesses just enough, but the God that I serve blesses exceedingly, abundantly above all you can think, dream, or imagine. Is there anybody in this church who will lift up their hands and shout, God, make a mess? I'm about to close. About to close. How many times I done said that, PJ? Like four times. Good, I got five. I got one more. I got one more. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. God making a mess in your life. It literally means God is going to bless you, watch this, above your ability to contain what he's given you. When God blesses you and makes a mess in your life, you ain't going to be able to hold it. God wants to bless you so much in abundance, but he wants to do it according to his contentment and not yours. I want you to notice something. Uh, David fell in the valley in verse number four, but the Lord brought him out in verse number five. And when the Lord brought him out, he didn't put him back where he came from. God, I love your word. When, when the psalm started... David was outside. But when the psalm ended, David was sitting at a table. Okay. Um, um, it, it literally means um, when God finally raised you up, he's not raising you up to put you back where you were. He's raising you up to put you in a better place. When God raises you up out this valley... God said, I ain't going to put you back where I found you. I'm going to put you back in a better place. I need y'all to help me close this sermon. Do me one favor. Find you one person and tell them, neighbor, better is coming. No, they didn't believe you. I said, find you one neighbor and tell them, say, neighbor, better is coming. No, 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 no. I said, find you one neighbor and say, neighbor, did you hear what I said? Better is coming. Go find you somebody else and shout, neighbor, better is coming. When you come up out of this, God going to put you in a better place. He going to give you a better job. He going to give you a better house. He going to give you a better ministry. He going to give you a better anointing. Look at somebody and shout, get ready for better. Testify to somebody and tell them when God is done with this. I'm going to a better place. Uh, 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 I, I, I'm going, I'm, I, as a matter of fact, I just need somebody to prophesy this over your road and tell them I'm getting ready to move to better. They didn't get happy. Tell them I'm getting ready to move to something better. I'm getting ready to move to something better and it's time for me to shout because God is preparing something better because when God raises me up, I'm going to a better place to be in a better condition. Um, 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 um. David, I'm ready to close. David, I can't, I can't leave y'all without taking you to the cross. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's an incomplete close. I got to take you to Jesus. Can I tell y'all how we get to Jesus? Um, 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 the text says this, PJ. Watch this. Crazy. Um, David fell in the valley called the shadow of death. God raised him up and seated him. 
and then he poured out into them. Y'all still sleep. I'm going to talk to this side over here. Uh, uh, uh. David fell in the valley. God raised him up, seated him at a table, and then poured into him. David fell into the valley. God lifted him up, seated him at a table, and then poured into him. Y'all still, I'm going to talk to that. I said, David fell into the valley. God raised him out the valley of the shadow of death, seated him at the table, and then poured into him. Does that sound like somebody y'all know? One Friday night, Jesus fell into a valley. But three days later, God raised him up. Forty days later, he ascended him back and seated him at the right hand. And ten days later, he sent back the Holy Ghost. Is there anybody in here who would testify? God is getting ready to raise me up. Because I've been in the valley too long. Find you one neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm getting ready to give him glory today. Because I fell in the valley by my own admission. I fell in the valley because I disobeyed God. But I serve a God that even though I fail, he knows how to raise me back up and seat me in heavenly places. Good afternoon, growth. May the Lord God bless you real good. But is there anybody in here who will help me close this sermon? Stand on your feet and lift your hands and say, God, don't just raise me up, but pour into my life. Pour more blessings. God bless your growth. I'm done. God is getting ready to make a mess in your life. And what he wants you to do is empty your cup so he can fill it his way. 
Some of the content you got in the cup ain't going to mix well with what God wants to put in it. You got to make yourself available. He ain't going to bless you according to your capacity. He going to bless you according to his contentment. And ain't nothing you can do to stop me when I'm making a mess. So folk need to stop hating on you and become a saucer. Y'all need to stop hating on my blessing and connect with me so that when it spills over, some of it will go into your life. Maybe your children will get saved. Maybe your bank account will get blessed. Stop hating on me and become a saucer. Also a napkin or something. You hating on my run over. One day we gonna get tired of being crabs in a barrel. Instead of pulling me down, hook onto my leg. Cause when I go up, I'ma pull you with me. Come on, shut up. When I go up, you gonna go up with me. When I come out, we coming out together. I dare you to look up and down your own tell them, come along with me. Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.